0: Okay, I know the book and the podcast is called Take a Shower, Show Up on Time and Don't Steal Anything. But today especially, I'm questioning one of those three guidelines in life. Which one am I questioning and why? Well, let's talk about it this week on the podcast. And here we go. You know, I realized years ago how important it is to take a shower before you come into work or before you go to church or before you're going to do anything and hang out with somebody. Um, uh, but uh, today I took a shower and I really didn't have a reason to. Uh, it's Sunday and I got up, I had coffee downstairs, worked on some show stuff, and uh, and then um, I came upstairs to take a shower. Why? Because I don't know. We went to the lake, we went canoeing, we went fishing. And then I came home and then basically have been working on show stuff all afternoon. And nobody smelled me. Nobody besides the fish and the dog um, uh, or Carson smelled me. So uh, I just didn't really need to take a shower today. So I don't know whether you shower on weekends. Do you shower on Saturdays or Sundays? What occasion would have to come up for you to not take a shower or show up on time or steal something? Uh, anyway, thanks for checking out the podcast. I appreciate it. Um, uh, whether it's your first time listening or whether you've listened uh, a dozen times or one time, I definitely appreciate it. Uh, got a couple of things to talk about today. Um, school is starting and if I look out the, um, the window of the room I'm in right now, let me look and see if I can see them. They are loading up. Oh, it's not there right now. Uh, they were loading up the neighbor's car to drive the neighbor's daughter to college she's going to madison and she's such a sweet girl um she's babysat carson and washed our dog and fed the cat and watered the plants and you know her and i don't know each other very well but um i'm pretty close and good friends with her mom and dad and her their son is in our boy scout troop and i know they're going through the whole you know kids going to school kind of a thing carson leaves for college um uh, we are driving out to boston uh, Tuesday. So we had about another uh, eight or nine days with him at home. And then we're taking a road trip out there and then we're going to fly back and then that's going to be it. And for the first time in 20 something years, um, I won't have a kid at home anymore. And I think that it's like, you know, people say, oh, the next chapter, but it really is. It's like, you know, in one day, just like Your childhood to your parents was a long time ago. I mean, let's think about it. If you're 28 years old, um, your childhood to your parents was a long time ago. It was a long time ago to you. If you're 48 years old, think about how long ago your childhood was. So uh, all of this stuff will recede into the past and it'll become a more and more distant kind of a memory. Wow. So anyway, so that's something that I'm just getting get. I'm getting. Uh, I don't know, wrapping my head around it. We've talked about it over and over, so I don't want to go into that. But I want to talk about teachers. I know a lot of teachers listen to the podcast because I'm actually friends with a few. Shout out Nate. Shout out Alyssa, and some other teachers that listen to the podcast as well. And I really appreciate that. When I, of course, like anybody, have a ton of respect for teachers. But one of the things that I want to do here on the podcast. And maybe we'll do it on the radio too, but I want to try it out here on the podcast, is um, talk about the teacher that changed your life. And I'm going to have people on our show do it. I'm going to have Steve and Fallon and Jenny and Tina uh, and myself all write up like a short little paragraph about a teacher that changed our life. Because mine was I had a lot of good teachers. I had some teachers that were not very good. Let's be honest, just like you know, boyfriends, husbands, girlfriends, wives, parents, sisters. there are great ones, and there are ones that you want to push off a cliff. Um, I had a few bad teachers. Uh, I had a teacher in fifth grade who really wanted me in his class because my brother was in his class. And he made arrangements that I would get to be in his class when I came into fifth grade. And he hated me right away because I was nothing like my brother. My brother was studious and smart and quiet and kind. And I was a little shit. I was the kid that did anything to make my friends laugh. I was the kid who uh, couldn't sit still. Um, Back then, there was no uh, ADHD medication. There was no Ritalin or, or whatever. Um, is it Ritalin? I think it it that that doesn't sound right but um, I think it is but I think that if I was you know a kid today I would have been put on something because I was a little shit and I had a great time being a little shit too and uh, I think that's one of the reasons why I love being on the radio because it's the more adult version of being a little shit and to uh, Teasing Steve and making fun of Fallon and making fun of Jenny and and giving Tina a hard time um, is kind of the adult version of that. Anyway, not such a great fifth-grade teacher. Had a few good teachers here and there, some very forgettable teachers. You ever have a forgettable teacher? My sixth-grade teacher, God love her, I don't remember anything about her at all except one day um, our school pictures came in, and again, because I was a little shit, Our school pictures came in and the teacher's school pictures came in too. So I saw her sitting on her desk. So I opened up the envelope and I was peeking through her school pictures and she came up beside me and I thought she was another student who wanted to get a look. So I like leaned over and like was showing this other person the teacher's school pictures and she got pissed at me rightfully so because I was going through her stuff. That is the only memory I have of that teacher And I was in sixth grade with her for, what, nine months? So some teachers are absolutely forgettable. Some teachers are, you have a great memory, and some teachers are funny. But here's my story about the teacher that literally changed my life. Now, when I was in my senior year of high school, um, I went Instead of attending high school at the high school, I did one class in the morning and then I would take a bus to the local community college. And uh, this was basically for kids who were, you know, it's not that we were troublemakers or that we were slower or that, or, you know, anything like that. It was just that we were going to go to a vocational school. While we in in, in our senior year because it was kind of the theory I think was a good one Why keep going to school and learn math and history and science and and that type of thing if you had no interest in a career? that was about that so I went to the local community college and Remember I was still a little shit and I was the kid who did anything to make my friends laugh And if I thought it would get a laugh or make somebody you know crack up or or whatever I would do it so I'm in community college and it's about day three. Now, one of the kids who signed up for this radio and TV class was my best friend, one of my best friends, Mike, and he was in this class along with one of our other best friends, Dave, whose last name was Morantonio, so we called him Moron. So there was me and Mike and Moron and a couple of other kids that we kind of like clicked with right away. And we're busy screwing around in class. And it's a regular classroom, not a radio studio, not a TV studio, just a regular classroom. And we're learning the basics of the Federal Communications Commission or some boring shit. And it it was day two or three or four, and we're fucking around. Class is over. Don Dexter, the broadcasting teacher, who was probably 50, 45 or 50 at the time, very just cool Laid back, smooth kind of a guy. Just never yelled. Very cool, very chill. Uh, Hey, the four of you stay after class for a little bit. We're like, oh shit. So all the other students leave. And this is the part where I wish I remembered exactly what he said because I don't. But I do remember that it changed my life, and my outlook at that moment forever. Now, I'm going to try to remember about what he said. It was something along the lines of, guys, high school is over. This this is not high school. This is real life. You guys are adults now. The time to screw around is done. That's for high school kids. You're in college now. You don't screw around anymore. Because what you learn in this class and how you act in this class is going to affect the rest of your life. And it was words like that to that effect. And I wish I had a recording of what Don Dexter said that day because holy crap did I ever shape up. In the next year, I had him for a year. He taught every class I had for a year, if I remember right every radio and TV class, I got nothing but straight A's. Nothing but straight A's from a kid who did nothing really but screw around and would settle for C's and occasional B and an A in art and an A in gym. Um, I got nothing but straight A's in some pretty difficult classes that were like writing and research and, and producing and recording and history and studying and uh, audience surveys and all this stuff, straight A's. My mom and dad were like, who is what? And I was like, the the National Honor Society said, hey, you're now eligible to be in the National Honor Society. With like one month left of high school, I was now eligible for the National Honor Society because I boosted my grade point average up so much. And I remember I wasn't interested. I just, to me, I didn't care. You know, what good is that going to do me? I couldn't care less. But continuing to get my degree, I, again, Worked really hard and got nothing but straight A's, and got my degree, an associate's degree, and I was super proud of it. And I think I'm the only person in my family. Oh, wait, I have a sister that was a nurse. I have it. Okay, so that's pretty powerful too. She was a nurse. Um, but back to the teacher, back to Don Dexter. Um, I got to call him about five or six or seven years ago. I found him. I got his phone number, and he's in his 80s now. He was probably 80 then, and uh, I got to thank him. I got to say, hey, Don, Mr. Dexter, you know, you changed my life, and uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate you so much for what you did, and he said, I remember you, David, and he has a really soft kind of an and even softer now because he's old, he's like, I remember you, David, and uh, you were a good student, and I knew that you were going to do well, and uh, I think he really did remember me because I think that teachers, you know, tell me if you're a teacher, I think you remember certain students. And I was then, after I, you know, established myself as not being such a screw up, um, he would pay some extra attention to me. Because let's face it, I think any teacher will tell you there are students that are worth spending your time on, and there are students that are really not worth spending your time on. Wouldn't you think that, okay, the students are really doing well? They don't need as much attention, so I'm going to pay more attention to the ones that really don't do very well, and I'm going to really boost those kids up. Now, I've never been a teacher, but I know that that's not how our minds work. That's not how things should work effectively. For example, what do you think about this idea? If you're a teacher you're going to pay attention and give extra attention to the kids who really do well because they're succeeding and they're the ones who it's going to make a difference. The ones who are fucking around and showing up late and blowing off their assignments, do you spend a lot of time with them? I'm going to say no. There's actually a theory in battle, and I'm going to use a weird analogy. It's not an analogy, but it's actually a comparison. But there's a theory in battle that's super effective. Let's say... That here we are, you and I are on the army on this side of the field, and on the other side is our enemy. and now we're gonna charge that enemy. And uh, maybe we're able to break through in the middle. We're breaking through in the middle, we're doing really well, but on the ends, we're getting our asses kicked. Now we're gonna send over reinforcements. Where are we gonna send the reinforcements? We're gonna send them to the middle because that's where we're making the progress. Sorry, the guys on the ends, they're both they're they're dead anyway. So uh, I don't think we're gonna send reinforcements to them. We're going to send them right up the middle because that's where we're making the breakthroughs. Do you think it's true that teachers probably pay more attention to the people who do well than the ones who are a distraction in class? Hey, if you're a teacher, let me know. But let's get back to what I was talking about earlier, and that was tell me about the teacher that changed your life. Send me an email to Dave Ryan at kdwb.com and tell me about the teacher that changed your life. Keep it moderately short. I'd like to be able to read it here on the podcast next week, and we'll kind of see how this goes and um, whether that teacher is still around. Maybe they're still teaching. Maybe she's retired. Maybe he doesn't teach anymore. Maybe you don't know whether they're alive or not. Maybe they're still teaching every day. Um, Let me know. Uh, Send that story. Keep it to, you know, I mean, a reasonable length, I don't know, a few hundred words, 500 words, something like that. Don't count them. Um, uh, Send it to Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. Because I'd love to hear your story and why a teacher changed your life. And uh, maybe you can't think of a teacher that changed your life. And, you know, that's okay, too. But I think that most of us have one that did change our lives. Okay, speaking of emails, uh, I got an email um, from someone who had listened to the show The podcast, and it's going to take me a minute to dig back and find it. I'm on my phone looking for this, and I just read it a little while ago. Thanks to the for the emails uh, from Courtney, I appreciate that she was sharing kind of a scammer experience that she got, uh, and also uh, a couple of other people that wrote in. Here's the one I'm looking for from Amanda. She says, "Damn it, Dave! I was having an amazing morning until you made me cry. Let me explain. I can't wait to hear this. I slept in." went for a short run, which I never do, and I was eating breakfast and getting ready to go for work. My house is quiet as my husband is out of town and my daughter has been in Minnesota with her grandparents and cousins for the past few weeks. I have listened to you off and on since about 98 when I started college. We've moved around a bit um, before iHeartRadio, and I missed missed out on a few years. I currently listen in Montana. Since the morning show was over, I decided to listen to your podcast. I bought your book a while back. Someday I hope to have you sign it. And have enjoyed listening to all your episodes. This morning you read One Day. It's a poem. It's in my book. And also talked about your grandkids coming to visit. Well, my makeup ran as I had just been thinking about my daughter starting kindergarten this fall and how much I miss her but love that she is getting to develop her own relationship with her grandparents. That's so great. There's a chapter in my book about call your grandparents or keep a picture of your grandparents, of, of the, your kids' grandparents in their room, especially if they don't see them very often, so they'll remember how important grandma and grandpa are. Anyway. Um, uh, she says, I want to take a couple minutes to share that with you and say, thank you. Thanks for all you do for your work and listeners through the years. Thank you for being a staple in my life. When I moved so many times, you're, you're welcome. Thank you for your integrity to your family and yourself that kept you in Minnesota. And thank you for all the laughs and now tears. Well, you're welcome. If I ever had a chance to be on your podcast, I think the life lesson that I would share and that I've been learning over the last 17 years is the importance of moving away from the place I grew up and called home to appreciate and develop my new definition of home. It makes me think of Now and Then, one of my favorite preteen movies. It opens with the quote that I often think of. Thomas Wolfe once said, you can't go home again. Have a wonderful day from Amanda. Amanda that's very sweet. I wish I knew about that movie. Um and uh, I think that you know what home is where your family is. I think home is where they say home is where the heart is. I asked my neighbor next door. Here's an interesting story. Uh, my neighbor next door, Kim and Brian, and their two kids uh, lived next door to us here in Chanhassen. Uh, before we moved into this house, they lived there and they moved away about two years ago. And uh, they had two kids that were basically, they grew up in that house and they were kind of a staple of the neighborhood. If you wanted a tool, Brian had the tool. If there was a party or a birthday or somebody that needed help or whatever, Kim was always there. And they had to move away a couple of years ago. I think their house was too big for them and they just wanted to downsize a little bit. So they moved away. And and I wrote to Kim, and I don't know Kim really well. You know, we're friendly but we don't know each other really well but everybody loves Kim so I I sent her a text I said Kim I want to ask you a question I said you know we've got this big house and no kids anymore once Carson's gone wasn't it hard to move away from the home where you raised your kids and have all those memories and there's your daughter's room and there's your son's room and there's their playroom and there's you know your area and your husband's area and and your office and and all the memories, and that's where your Christmas tree was, and that's where you had Thanksgiving, and wasn't it hard? Don't you miss that house? And her answer was really good. She said something like, you know what I've learned is home is where your family is. Wherever your family is, that's home. Um, Your home is not where it used to be. Your home is where your family is. And I thought that's a really good way to look at it, although... Let's face it, we all have a real affection for our first house or the house we grew up in. I hope you grew up in one house for most of your childhood. Uh, My kids, Carson did for sure. Allison moved around a little bit, um, but she spent a lot of years in the same. Actually, Allison lived in probably about four or five houses now that I think about it. I wonder which one she would consider home. Probably this one. Um, Anyway, I um, I thought that was really interesting. So, Amanda... I think that applies to what you're saying. It's like home is where your family is. Okay, Um, before we wrap up, I actually made a little schedule here of what the podcast is going to be. And I think the only thing that I have left is to read a chapter from the book. And, oh yeah, I was going to say one more thing. Um, And that is that it was 35 years ago today. This, This blows you away. And as you get older, Sometimes you get blown away by how long ago something was, and this blows me away a lot. It was 35 years ago today that I interviewed for my first morning show job in Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, I've talked about this on the podcast, I think I talked about it a week ago when I said, hey, I took that trip to California to see my brother and on the way home I stopped in Las Vegas for this job interview. But that job interview was 35 years ago today, August 18th. I'll never forget it. And I flew into Las Vegas and just a show like a it was a sign or something. Casey Kasem, the DJ from American Top 40 was on my airplane. And when I got off, this is back when, you know, people could meet you there at the airplane. Um, the program director, the boss of this radio station said, Hey, good to meet you. Did you know Casey Kasem was on your flight? I'm like, are you? No, I didn't know that. He must've been up in first class and got off first, but I thought that was a really good omen. And so we drove to the radio station and I met, I think the assistant program director and I met the general manager who came in on a Saturday guy about 50 years old, who was quite intimidating But I remember he said something to me that I I found embarrassing and flattering at the same time. He said, oh, the girls are going to love you. And I, like I said, embarrassing and flattering. I was cute back then. Come on, what 21-year-old isn't cute? Every 21-year-old is cute, right, in one way or another. Um, And then we drove down the Las Vegas Strip. And holy shit, to a kid who'd never been to Las Vegas before, Um, I'd been to Denver, Colorado, and I'd been to Los Angeles the week before. I had never seen the ocean until a week before this trip to Las Vegas. So here I am driving down the Las Vegas Strip, and I was in awe. Holy crap. This was crazy. We went to lunch. I accepted the job. I flew home that night, the worst flight ever. It was turbulent, awful, dark, thunderstorm. Somebody threw up in the aisle next to me, and the flight attendants couldn't clean it up because they were buckled in their seats. And I, we landed, and I uh, then started telling people, I'm moving to Las Vegas. And it was just one of the headiest, most unreal experiences of my life to be like, I'm moving to Las Vegas, so... Anyway, that was 35 years ago today. Why did I bring that up? I don't know, because it means something to me, and I want to share it with you. And by the way, thanks for letting me share these stories, and sometimes they're a little bit self-indulgent, and I don't mean them to be, but let me talk about chapter number 84 uh, in my book, Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. This is one that I don't really think we've ever touched on on the podcast. I like this one, and it's kind of one of the less, it's like, you know, one of the chapters that I don't really talk about a lot. 84, a picture is worth 442 words. Wait, isn't it supposed to be a 1,000 words? Yeah, probably, but hear me out. I have tons of pictures of each of my four kids. I have hundreds of hours of videos of plays, concerts, dance recitals, ball games, and rides on the teacups at Disneyland. These pictures and videos reside happily in boxes buried under other boxes in the basement. Oh, sure, I'm glad I have them, but did that that I really need so many? Go to any kid's event and you'll find a boatload of parents watching the entire thing through the lens of their cameras or today holding up their cell phones and watching. They're making sure they get every second a little joshy taking a $50 camel ride at the zoo on a video they'll probably never watch again. Trust me, I've taken those videos too. I love my kids beyond compare, but there's no way I want to watch 20 minutes of them wobbling around on a camel ever Even when they've grown and left for college, 30 seconds is more than enough to capture the moment. I've learned it's much better to be there live, soaking it all in. Watch your kids with your own eyes, not through a lens or the screen on your phone, and enjoy it as it happens. No video will ever be as powerful as you living the moment with your kid. I think that's really true, and I think that I take... Well, the problem now is we take so many pictures because we have a camera in our pocket all the time. A good one! And it gets loaded up with all these pictures. And then I don't know how you save them, but everybody has a different way to save them. But sometimes they get lost in the shuffle. And sometimes you have 45 pictures of your kid on the camel at the zoo. Um, and and you only need one or two, or you need a video for like 30 seconds. I see parents go to um, band concerts, and they'll video the entire thing. And it's like, no, watch part of it. Video some of it, but enjoy that moment because if you're watching the lens of the camera, you're really not there. And yeah, you might not remember every bit of it like you'll remember it by keeping it on a video, by saving it on a video camera. Um, But the experience of watching it live is one of the things that's just such a precious thing. Watching your kid at her birthday party as she's blowing out the candles. You know what? You might want to have somebody videotape that because that's that's pretty cool. But watching that is what helps you love them. Watching those moments is what helps them, uh, is is what helps you bond with them. Sharing that experience from your perspective and from their perspective. Don't let the camera become your perspective. I will say that we went back about, I don't know, two or three months ago. Allison came out, and I have so many old videos. We had them burned on a DVD, and they're still not all on DVDs. But we pulled some out, and we were watching them. And it was like, wow, this is really cool. And to hear their little kid voices, I mean, Carson's voice changed six or seven years ago. Maybe not that long ago, maybe five or six years ago. And Allison, she's 27 now. She doesn't have a little girl voice anymore. And Chase and Beth were little kids, too. And to watch those videos was very, very sweet. But at the same time, I'm just going to tell you, put the camera down a little bit. Just live that moment. It's such a precious few, I don't know, flashes of time. And if you're watching through a camera, you miss the joy of that moment. Hey, thanks for giving me some of your time today. I really appreciate it. Whether you're out on a run or whether you're working out or whatever you're doing um, uh, or you're just laying around or whatever it is, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Check out a couple of other really good podcasts. Fallon's podcast, uh, Heartbroken. It's so good. Steve's podcast, Murder Monday, is so good also. And Tina and Jenny have a podcast, too, about, you know, their lives. They're 26 or 27 and 29 years old, so they have a whole different perspective than I'm going to have on this podcast or Fallon or Steve, and they're all really good. And uh, such lovely people, those three or four, three or th- four people. Uh, and thank you. For checking out the podcast, the book is called Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Tell your friends about the podcast. If you're on the podcast app, scroll all the way down, 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 and leave a rating and a review. I would appreciate it. Um, uh, And then I think I said tell your friends about the podcast if they listen to the show. Um, Our After the Show podcast is the Minnesota Goodbye. That's another one. Podcasting is the shit. I mean, they had a podcast convention in Florida not long ago, and there was like 3,000 people there, something like that. All right, wrapping it up. Have a great day, and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything.